0: Hi, everyone. This is Happiest, episode number 52 Becoming a Maker of Peace. Welcome. I'm your host, Susan Choddist. I'm an author, artist, and teacher, and a very happy member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. And just like you, I'm out to find the happy. In this podcast, we will be searching to find the happiest moments in any situation. These are some of my stories. I hope they will help you feel lifted, happy, and hopeful as you search for your own happy in this journey we call life. So are you ready? Here we go. Hi everyone. Welcome. Last time we talked about mom's good advice and how listening to her advice can actually help you find more of the happy in your life. Today, we're going to talk about peace and how to add more of it to your life. Last summer, my big kids and my big grandkids came home to spend a few days together. When they come, I just love to sit and watch them being friends. It warms my mother's heart. I love watching them play tackle baseball at the park together, laughing, teasing, hassling, and just enjoying each other's company. I love it when they reach out to each other on the phone to talk. I love it when they listen, when they give advice, and when they help each other. I love it when they forgive each other. I love it when they are kind, when they try to understand how someone else would feel, and how they love each other even in the middle of challenges they're having in their own lives and trials that life brings us all. I think we all might understand a little when in this world our Heavenly Father watches His precious children here on earth being kind to each other, reaching out to each other to listen, to help, and to care. I think we all might know of the great joy He feels when with love we forgive each other, when we show compassion toward each other, and when we try to understand how someone else feels knowing we are all children of God. But nowadays, it seems that everywhere you look, kindness, compassion, and grace have been replaced with anger, vengeance, and wrath. In last April's General Conference, President Nelson called it a venomous contention that infects our civic dialogue and too many personal relationships today. He stated, quote, I am greatly concerned that so many people seem to believe that it is completely acceptable to condemn, vilify, and malign anyone who does not agree with them. Many seem eager to damage someone else's reputation with pathetic and pithy barbs. Then he added, My dear brothers and sisters, this should not be. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we are to be examples of how to interact with others, especially when we have differences of opinions. One of the easiest ways to identify a true follower of Jesus Christ is how compassionately that person treats other people. The Savior taught, blessed are the peacemakers. Whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And then, of course, he gave the admonition that challenges each of us. Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. In these, the last days, there will be wars and rumors of wars. Instead of just battles between nations, I think we are in the middle of a war of words, unlike anything the world has ever seen before. In the context of emails and texts and social media, I think there are rumors of wars that are fought almost every day, battled about amid allegations, accusations, gossip, contention, opinions, supposings, and many, many exclamation points. President Nelson further taught, make no mistake about it, contention is evil. Jesus Christ declared that those who have the spirit of contention are not of him, but are of the devil who is the father of contention. And the devil stirreth up the hearts of men to contend with anger one with another. Those who foster contention are taking a page out of Satan's playbook, whether they realize it or not. No man can have two masters. We cannot support Satan with our verbal assaults and then think that we can still serve God. End quote. So what do we do to build peace when we have a different opinion? President Marvin G. Romney taught, If a single person yielding to Satan is filled with the works of the flesh, he then wars within himself. If two yield, they each war within themselves and then fight with each other. If many people yield a society reaps the harvest of great stress and contention. If the rulers of a country yield, there is worldwide contention. President Romney continued, As the works of the flesh have universal application, so likewise does the gospel of peace. If one man lives it, he has peace within himself. If two men live it, they each have peace within themselves and with each other. If the citizens live it, the nation has domestic peace. When there are enough nations enjoying the fruit of the Spirit to control world affairs, then, and only then, will the war drums throb no longer, and the battle flags be furled. End quote. Elder D. Todd Christopherson said that we don't have to all be the same to have unity. We can, he said, quote, still cheer for different teams, disagree on various political issues, debate about goals and the right way to achieve them, and many other things, End quote. It is possible to disagree without the spirit of contention. President Nelson said, Anger never persuades. Hostility builds no one. Contention never leads to inspired solutions. One time as I was teaching school, I remember lunch was just about over and my fourth-hour seventh-graders were almost ready to come back from their lunch And I was sitting at my computer reading my email and I happened to receive an email that day that was not something I ever thought I would receive. It was an email from someone who let me know in no uncertain terms that what I had done was wrong, that I was not a good person that um, everything that they could think of to tell me that would make me feel bad was a part of this email. And I remember sitting there reading it and just being so upset about it. And I glanced at the clock. I had maybe another three or four minutes before the bell rang. So I went ahead and clicked on the reply key. And I remember I started typing And I shared my feelings with this person who had sent the email in a very contentious way. In answers to his questions, I felt anger and wanted to get back. And I made sure that I told him exactly how I felt. After I finished the email, there was just one more minute before the bell was going to ring. And I remember that moment going up to my computer, ready to push the send button so that this email would be on its way. And in that one little moment, I stopped. And I just remember this situation so vividly because it was the right thing to do that I stopped. And for one second, I debated if this was the right Way I wanted to respond to this contentious email. And in one moment, instead of hitting the send key on my computer, I reached up and hit delete. And then I stood up and went over to my class and called Ro and taught fourth and fifth hour. And I'll never forget what that felt like after the day was over. And I finally had a moment to sit down at my computer, reread the email that I had received. And then, without the spirit of contention and anger, I did write a reply. And I remember feeling grateful that I had not sent that original email. But more than even feeling grateful, I remember feeling powerful that I had within me the power to choose how I would respond. And I remember just feeling freedom that from now on out, it was up to me to decide if I wanted to engage in the war of words, or if I had the power to stop, pause, and rethink what I wanted to write and what I wanted to do. I remember the peace that came to me when I chose to not get caught up in that adversary's web of stirred up contention that day. So how do we do it? How do we build peace in every condition no matter what the situation is? In no uncertain terms, the prophet has explained the what, the why, the how, and the when of being a peacemaker. He actually said the time is now. And it was interesting in his comments that he talked about being a peacemaker in the last conference. He actually said the word now 14 different times throughout his talk. In one section, this is what he wrote about when we should work on being a peacemaker. He said, quote, Now is the time to lay aside bitterness. Now is the time to cease insisting that it is your way or no way. Now is the time to stop doing things that make others walk on eggshells for fear of upsetting you now is the time to bury your weapons of war. If your verbal arsenal is filled with insults and accusations, now is the time to put them away. End quote. So how do you change? How do we follow the Savior's example and the prophet's plea to make peace instead of war? How do we learn to interact in a higher, holier way with other children of our Heavenly Father. First, I think you need to notice the contention, the feeling of contention right out of Satan's playbook. What does it feel like? It comes fast, and the feeling of fear, resentment, jealousy are always followed By fast paced anger. As soon as you notice it, the next thing you do is you just stop, just for a moment, right there in your tracks, right before you hit the send key, right before you send the message, right before you say the word. In that short pause, as you stop, there will be a space a moment where you will have the chance, the power to change your mind, to cease the fire, to end the war of words, and to build peace. Next, you just breathe. And really and seriously, this is the next step. You have stopped. You noticed the contention that you were feeling You stopped for just a moment and the next step is to literally breathe. But this time, notice that you're breathing and do it for one minute. Slow down your breathing in and out. And while you are, listen to your heart. Listen to your breathing and then listen to the spirit. Say a little prayer. And then follow the covenant that you have already made to create and build peace. Finally, choose charity instead of cruelty. Choose mercy instead of malice. And then choose compassion instead of contempt. Instead of rebuke, rebuild. Instead of put down, lift up instead of my way, look for a higher way. While you are building peace into your life, you will also be building and strengthening you. The inner framework needed to be a peacemaker begins with you strengthening your listening skills, your empathy, and patience, and continues through to your humility, your faith, and most importantly, your love. Build your framework of peace. Build your listening skills. Listening means paying attention to what someone else is saying and not just thinking about what you're going to say to retaliate. Try to listen with understanding of what they are saying. Someone who knows they're being listened to is less likely to get angry. Build your own self-awareness skills. When you are self-aware, you are more mindful of your own thoughts and your own feelings. Noticing what you are thinking and then realizing your thinking leads you to how you will act and what you will say. Will help you to plan better how you really want to be and how you really want to show up in this world and in any situation. Build into your framework empathy for others. Really try to feel how someone else might be feeling. Make the effort to imagine where they are coming from and what might be motivating their words or actions. Build your ability to be more patient. Peacemaking patience means using your self-control to not get angry or upset, to listen instead of interrupt, to not raise your voice. Peacemaking patience means that it's going to be okay to let someone else have their say Even if you strongly disagree, patience isn't weakness. Patience is the strength to suppress restlessness or annoyance when confronted with confrontation. Build into your heart humility. To be humble means to acknowledge that you really don't know everything and don't have all the answers. Humility lets us let go of our own pride and then esteem someone else as someone who has worth. Build faith into your framework of peace. Having faith means trusting in Him and trying to keep His commandments, including how you treat people. President Nelson said, One of the easiest ways to identify a true follower of Jesus Christ is how compassionately that person treats others. Build love into everything you do. Having a love of God in our hearts leads our hearts to peace. The first great commandment is to love God, and the second great commandment is to love others, even when they think differently than we do. A year ago, President Nelson pled with us in these words. He said, quote, None of us can control nations or the actions of others or even members of our own families, but we can control ourselves. My call today, dear brothers and sisters, is to end conflicts that are raging in your heart your home, and your life. Bury any and all inclinations to hurt others, whether those inclinations be a temper, a sharp tongue, or a resentment for someone who has hurt you. The Savior commanded us to turn the other cheek, to love our enemies, and to pray for those who despitefully use us. Quote. Each day throughout our lives, the thoughts, the feelings, and the experiences in our lives are added to who we are. Imagine a wall you are building up, thought by thought, brick by brick. Now, look back at each brick you have gathered throughout your life and see them as a framework for who you will be tomorrow. Have you collected enough Bricks of empathy and understanding to help you find peace in the days ahead? How many bricks of listening and humility have you accumulated? What about the bricks of patience and love that will rally around you when peace and comfort are needed? You are in charge of the life you are building. You are in charge of which bricks you will collect and which ones you will discard. You get to decide the framework of you and who you will be tomorrow. If you see bricks of jealousy, pride, and resentment collected from your past, it's your choice to remove them. If there are bricks of defensiveness, rivalry, and opposition, it's your choice. You can replace them with bricks of alliance, collaboration, and love. President Nelson gave the antidote to contention, and he said it is charity. Charity is the spiritual gift that helps us to cast off the natural man who is selfish, defensive, prideful, and jealous. Charity defines a peacemaker build into your life a framework of peace by choosing charity instead of cruelty mercy instead of malice and compassion instead of contempt instead of rebuke rebuild instead of put down lift up instead of my way look for a higher way And as you rebuild, lift, and construct peace, you will be rebuilt, you will be lifted up, and you will be blessed with peace. What are you doing in your life to keep your soul aloft? It's not always easy. There are days when your life will soar and there are days when it will not. But there are many things you can do to add lift and peace to your life. Even on those days, when the string gets all tangled around your feet, you will be able to look for the happy. That's what this podcast is all about. We're going on a journey together to look for the happiest moments in everyday life, in all situations, that will help you keep your soul aloft. Be ready, because together, we are out to find the happy. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a beautiful rest of your day, and get ready to build peace into your life by becoming a maker of peace. Bye for now. See you next time.